Chapter 6. You Definitely Need Someone Buford sits at the bottom of the stairs to the attic. He knows these 18 steps well. Every creak, every squeak, every splintered inch. He climbs them quickly and quietly. He pauses at the door, which is not closed securely since he has lived in this old home. He presses his ear to the door and listens. Silence. Buford pushes the door open with his paw. It swings into the attic with a loud scream. Buford squints, then ducks and bobs his head, trying to make out any unusual shapes in the darkness. Confident that things seem perfectly normal, Buford places a paw over the threshold of the doorway. Ow! Go, go, go! Buford hears a high-pitched shout above him. He looks up just as eight mice drop from the rafters, using strips of flypaper as parachutes to slow them down. He is so confused by the sight of parachuting mice that he does not realize until it is too late. Another group of mice, rushing from the ground, have managed to wrap flypaper around and around and around his legs. Buford's feet come together quickly, and he tips over with the thud. The parachuting mice use their strips to cover Buford's head, shoulder, stomach, and back. This all happens so quickly that when Buford finally comes to his senses, he can barely move. One eye is completely covered. The other has only a sliver of space to see but he does see the mice scurrying back into their darkened corners. Why? Buford wails. He can hear the mice tittering all around him. Buford wriggles his body. He can feel the tape loosen around his feet as he struggles to stand. In an awkward squat, he pulls his front paws up to his chest. This pulls the tape from his back feet to his rear end and over his tail. He jerks one front paw from the sticky trap and tears off the tape covering his face. The tape sticks to his paw as he tries to remove it from his shoulder and back. As he struggles, he hears the high squeaky giggling of mice. Buford is exhausted after several moments of fighting with the tape. He succeeds in removing most of it from his head and shoulders, but his back, stomach, and lower thighs remain covered. Arrgh! Buford roars in frustration. The laughter of the mice grows louder as he turns and stumbles through the doorway. Cheers erupt as he lurches down the stairs. Azul listens eagerly as Stella talks about her family, her brothers and sisters, parents and grandparents, Cousins, aunts, and uncles, second cousins, and great aunts and uncles. Stella's family tree is gigantic. Sounds wonderful, says Azul. He pictures hundreds upon hundreds of zebra long winged butterflies filling the kitchen around them. It is. We eat together every day. We sometimes explore other gardens. Stella pauses. I think the best thing about being part of my family is 
I know what the future holds. What do you mean? Well, right now, the elders take care of everyone. You know, they make sure we're safe and that we get an early start to our day. They kind of shove us out of the roost, so we're not tempted to sleep in, Stella explains. I know that is in my future to be an elder with great responsibilities. Hmm, and why wasn't an elder watching out for you this afternoon? That's my fault, Stella sighs. I take my time when I eat, and the family goes ahead without me. It hasn't been a problem before. Stella shakes her head. They must be so worried. I would be. Thanks, Azul. Stella smiles and twitches her wings. You know, I think someone needs to look out for you, too. You do? Yes, you definitely need someone. Azul suppresses a smile. You know I have Buford. Buford, hmm, no. Stella shakes her head. I think you need someone else. Like you, perhaps? Azul smiles. Exactly. What would that mean, exactly? First things first. Stella spins around and drops down to the countertop. She turns to look up at Azul. How long ago were you covered with that wallpaper? Hmm, maybe two weeks ago? Azul says slowly. That settles it. You're coming with me. Azul's eyes grow wide. Now, wait a minute. I didn't agree. I just asked what would happen if... And that's what would happen. I would find a way to take you with me. Azul cocks his head and holds out his leafy arms. But what if I'd rather stay here? Azul, seriously? Stella flits back to the ledge. You will be covered up someday, and you won't be able to see anything or talk to anyone. I know you don't want that. That's someday, Stella. Not today. Please, Azul, think about it. She looks at him with bright, hopeful eyes. He looks away, sighing. Let's say I agree. How do you propose I get off this wall? I was just thinking about that. Have you ever tried jumping off, just stepping right off the paper? Well, no. Go ahead, try it. Azul stands frozen in place. Go on, just try. Stella coaxes. Azul has never tried jumping, or running, or flying, for that matter. All seem equally impossible to him. Azul wrings his leafy hands, pondering how to begin. He recalls Maddie learning to dive a summer or two ago. She practiced her form in the kitchen as her parents sat and read the newspaper. Maybe jumping is like diving, thinks Azul. He tucks in his blossom head, points his leaves to the ceiling, and bends his stem. He bounces twice as Stella counts down. On three! One, two, three, go! Azul's entire body stretches off the paper a full three inches before snapping back into place. Youch! Azul screeches. He rubs the back of his blossom head with one leafy hand and the lower half of his stem with the other. Stella winces and leans away from Azul, biting her lip. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. What on earth is going on in here? It is Buford. He is back from his midnight patrol and peeking through the doorway into the kitchen.